0: One. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here. In, everybody, We, go. we go. So, 29. The podcast, of sweeping America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, December 10th, 2020. People, I hope everyone is having a great week in what has quickly become a weirdly busy week across the college sports landscape. We will obviously open today's show with the story of the day on Wednesday. Coach K, just completely out of left field with this bizarre, we need to cancel the season rant. Uh, Yeah, Coach K, we're going to cancel you. We're not canceling college basketball. Obviously, you know I'm going to have a lot to say about that. We will talk about a story in college football that we have talked about really at length and what is an otherwise quiet weekend in college football. No Texas A&M, no Ohio State, no Notre Dame, no Clemson but we will talk about Ohio state officially being allowed into the big 10 championship game. And we will close with how about your Bayou bangles, the LSU Tigers, self-imposing a one-year postseason ban kind of incredible because they're three and five right now. But I do think it brings up kind of an interesting broader conversation dating back to last year when they won the national championship that we did have on this show about was LSU, was it sustainable? Could they someday compete on a year by year level with Nick Saban in Alabama? Uh, Uh, I think we have the answer. That is no, and it's just been so fascinating to see how quickly uh, things have fallen apart at LSU, and it gets worse by the day. We'll get into all of that. Before we get started, obviously, I want to remind you, as always, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. You can do it on iTunes, the Podcast Addict app. If you have an Android, the Podcast Addict app is the best place to subscribe. As I said, iTunes podcast uh, addict app, Podbean, spotify tune radio wherever you listen to podcasts make sure to subscribe also make sure to rate and review the show go ahead give us a quick five stars let us know what you like what you don't like all that good stuff and if you do leave a review it really does help us move up those itunes charts where you're listening how you're listening all that good stuff uh make sure you're following on social media at aaron underscore torres on twitter at aaron torres pod on instagram On a couple holiday things, as we get into the holiday season, I've mentioned both of these, but Cameo.com. If you're looking for a holiday gift for your loved ones, cameo.com slash Aaron underscore Torres. For people who don't know, Cameo is something where you can reach out to me. I will send a personalized message to your loved ones. So I know that we have a lot of sons and fathers, uh, sons and daughters, daughters and mothers, uh, friends that listen to this show. So if you have somebody in your life that you're looking for a cheap, easy gift, Uh, reach out to Cameo. I'll send him a personalized message this holiday season. Happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy birthday, happy New Year, whatever you want. Uh, Your boy Aaron will take care of that. And finally, I did mention this a few days ago, uh, working with a really cool watch company called La Terrain. Uh, And La Terrain, if you go on my Twitter page, at Aaron underscore Torres, luxury watches, beautiful watches, and if you go there, if it's something you think you might be interested, go to my Twitter page at Aaron underscore Torres. If you click on the link, if you see something you like promo code Aaron will save you uh, 10% on your purchase. So if you're looking for something nice for your father, mother, son, brother, husband, wife, etc., cetera, uh, Aaron underscore Torres, La Terrain is the name of the watch company that you can get something nice and use the promo code Aaron when you do that. All right, people, with that said, no more time to waste. Let's get into it. Uh big show, crazy show. And crazy story coming out of late Tuesday night into Wednesday, and so it was kind of crazy because if you listen to Wednesday's episode, you know I talked, frankly, a lot about a lot of different things. I mean, we had some college football with the Michigan-Ohio State cancellation, Urban Meyer, the college football playoff selection show, but we also obviously talked a lot of college basketball where not only did Iowa beat North Carolina, not only did Kansas beat Creighton, but Illinois just boat raced Duke. And I tried to tell you a week ago, Duke stinks. They're not good. When Michigan State went to Duke and won that game, it wasn't some incredible signature win for Michigan State. No, 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 no. Duke just stinks. I told you last week it came true on Tuesday night. Illinois, 15-point win in a game that frankly wasn't that close. But the story isn't about the game because I talked about it on Wednesday's show. The story today is what happened after the game where Coach K, completely out of left field, just came out with this rant about how we need to cancel college basketball season. And so I'll get into the details, I'll get into all of it, but let me just say right off the top, before I get into anything, It's preposterous. It makes no sense. Uh, Coach K is doing the typical Coach K. I want it my way because I have ruled my kingdom in Durham for the last 40 years and I expect everyone to fall in line. It's preposterous. So let's get into it. So again, all this happened late Tuesday night into Wednesday. Most of you, including me, I'm sure probably didn't even see it until Wednesday morning. But essentially, Coach K was asked about the state of college basketball. It's obviously, look, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. It's not a great time. Games are being canceled. Programs are being shut down. In some cases, programs are being shut down a second or third time. My alma mater, UConn, has been shut down for a second time over the last week. NC State, you go on and on and on down the list, quite a few programs are being shut down. And so Coach K was asked about the status of things. And what he basically said was, we need to postpone the season. What he said was, we are in the middle of the worst of it. Uh, The numbers continue to go up, which is a fact. I will not argue Coach K on that. And not only are the numbers continuing to go up, uh, but the CDC is basically telling everybody, do not travel. And if you go ahead and travel, um, you shouldn't be. And so Coach K is basically like, why are we playing all these out of conference games? Why are we having teams travel all over the country when literally the people at the highest levels of the government are telling us we should not be traveling right now? I think to extrapolate on Coach K's point, he basically said, look, there is a vaccine in the works. We're getting there, we're close. And, and he used some numbers i don't know if they're a hundred percent accurate or not but basically he believes that by the end of this month millions of people will have been vaccinated specifically frontline workers and then we're talking uh you know a month to six weeks there's the possibility that tens of millions if not a hundred million people in coach k's words uh, have the potential to be vaccinated uh, in the very near future and so basically what he is saying is like let's just push back the season let's just wait until everybody can get vaccinated there's no need to rush this let's wait let's do this whatever you get the point Coach K basically doesn't want to coach in this environment and I'll say this first of all before we get into the nuance of it I do want to actually defend Coach K on one thing and that is very simply this Um, a lot of people when this news came out when this story came out when this quote came out they kind of said well typical Coach K Very clear that his team stinks, and he doesn't want to coach, and he doesn't want to be involved, and he wants nothing to do with it, and he's looking for a get-out-of-jail-free card. And I will say in defense of those people, I think that is a fair thing to think. I mean, listen, you can defend Coach K all you want. 1995, he was headed towards the worst season of his career. He opts to have back surgery in the middle of the season. That record is expunged from his record. It went on a guy named Pete Gaudet's record. Uh, and next thing you know, Pete Gaudet is fired and never heard from again. A lot of people thought that. A lot of people thought that because Duke stinks, they're 2-2 two and two with two home losses to Michigan State and Illinois, that this is why Coach K came out and said it. I don't blame people for saying that. But I will defend Coach K on this. I do not believe that he is saying this because he truly just wants to get out of this season because he knows his team stinks. Is it a possibility? I do think it's a possibility. But I also think if you've listened to this show, while I have been critical of certain things and moments in time, specifically Florida State football, I've also understood that there's nuance to all of this stuff, Michigan football, for example. And I do believe that Coach K is coming at this from what I believe he thinks is a good place. And why I say that is very simply this if you go through the last six months or so of Coach K's kind of quote-unquote track record with this virus, you will tell that he does take this virus very seriously, um, and that basically, I think he's he's very concerned, and we can get into why in a second, but just go back and look at his actions over the last six months, and, and if you do that, the quotes that he put out on Tuesday night are very much in line with that. First of all, people probably won't remember this, but most athletes were allowed to come back to campus according to the NCA as early as June 1st. Now basketball it wasn't exactly June 1st, but most of these programs had their athletes back on campus sometime in late June, early August. When I'm talking about basketball, football, a lot of the football programs had them back June June 1. But basketball, July 1, July 15th, basically everybody brought their kids back at around that time. Coach K didn't bring his kids back until basically the end of the summer when the school year started right around Labor Day. His kind of thought was, they're safer home, they're safer away from our facility, they can't get into our facility, we can't coach them, we can't practice with them, so there's no reason to basically have them here on campus. That's Coach K's opinion. We can agree, we can disagree. He is allowed to run his program how he feels fit, but the bottom line remains that Duke was actually one of the last programs in college basketball to bring their players back. On top of that, as proof that Coach K probably feels a little bit differently about this virus than a lot of other people. If you'll remember, and I know you'll remember this one, Uh, remember the story where there was like a moment in time where somebody basically pushed for this narrative of, Let's get all 346 teams in college basketball into the NCAA tournament. Like, you remember that, right? I talked about it on this show. It was absurd then. It basically got shot down in like 0.5 seconds. Like, the leaders of the NCAA were like, no, we're not doing this. Well, if you remember, that narrative came out of the ACC offices with the ACC basically saying like, dude, we don't want to play out of conference games. We don't want to travel. We don't want to bring other teams into our facilities that aren't testing at the same level we are. So let's eliminate out of conference games. Let's play an NCAA tournament with everybody, and then we could say that we had a fair, balanced season that had equity for everybody. Everybody had a chance to win. Well, guess where that idea came from? Like I said, the ACC offices. Guess who was behind it? Number one, Coach K. So when you look at Coach K's track record, we really now have a six-month sample size that he is, in his mind, going above and beyond and doing what he believes is necessary. We can agree, we can disagree. He is entitled to his opinion. I am not going to criticize him for voicing his opinion. I would also say, also in his defense, and I'm defending Coach K a lot, by the way. I've never defended Coach K this much. He is 73 years old. I do think that he is looking out for his personal well-being, and I'm not going to criticize him for that. I know that I look at this virus a lot differently at 30, you know, 35-ish. Yeah, I'm not going to give away my age. A man never tells his age. But, you know, I'm in my early to mid-30s. I look at this virus a lot differently than Coach K does at 73 years old. I look at this virus a lot differently than my parents do who are both in their, hate to tell your age, mom and dad, but, you know, they're somewhere in their 60s, maybe early 60s, maybe mid-60s, maybe late. We look at the virus differently. And so Coach K saying that he is worried, I understand it, and I do understand that as a 73-year-old, he has a different perspective than everybody else. But with all that said, let me very simply say this, Coach K, don't ruin it for the rest of us. And as a matter of fact, that was my frustration with this story, was that Coach K is essentially, as I said earlier in the show, trying to come down from his throne in Durham and force his will on the rest of college basketball. No different than the 346-team NCAA tournament, Coach K is literally trying to get this season postponed. And oh, by the way, I like this guy, but he has all his lackeys in the media saying the same. Dick Vitale said essentially the same thing on Wednesday afternoon. Jay Billis has been spitting this nonsense on every chance that he gets in these broadcasts. And while I respect their opinions, while everyone is entitled to their opinion, it's absolutely preposterous. Here's why. First of all, and this might be the most important simplistic reason, one, Coach K, if you don't wanna coach, just don't coach. Like, it's not that hard. We have this thing called opt-outs. Don't know if you watch ESPN, But every 10 seconds, somebody is opting out of the college football season. Eric Gilbert at LSU, their best player, just opted out. A week before, Terrace Marshall, LSU's best player, just opted out. I could go team by team, player by player. We have opt-outs every day. I'll take it a step further. We've had coaches opt out. Chicago State's head coach in basketball opted out the day before the season. Oh, by the way, we've had entire conferences opt out. The Ivy League is not playing basketball this year. They completely opted out of their season. And again, it's not my place to criticize how the Ivy League is running the Ivy League. But for the rest of us, we want some basketball. We want to play. And so if Coach K does not want to play, if Coach K does not want to participate, then that's fine. Sit this one out. Put out a press release, say I'm 73 years old, I love this this game, I love this school, I love this university, I do not feel safe getting on a chartered plane to go play uh, whomever. And oh, by the way, for all his whining, Duke hasn't left Durham since the season started. They haven't played a single road game yet. They will against Notre Dame a few weeks uh, in conference play to open up ACC play on the road. But if you don't want to participate, we get it. People are opting out left and right. There's nothing wrong with that. And will you take heat for maybe a day or two? Maybe. But if you feel like that's what's right for you, then opt out, Coach K. You don't have to participate. Second of all, this idea about flying all over the country to play non-conference games. Uh, does anyone look at the calendar besides me? It's December 10th. We're going to be done without a conference games in about 30 seconds out of conference games are gonna be a thing of the past by uh, no later than Christmas and really even before that most a lot of conferences are starting this weekend Baylor's playing Texas in the big 12 uh, the Big East is opening this weekend so we have conference games we can bus we can be safer we can be more responsible by the way Kentucky bust to the Georgia Tech game in Atlanta last weekend that's a six-hour bus ride they're trying to be responsible they're trying to be safe Creighton bus to the Kansas game uh, on Tuesday in Lawrence. That's a three-hour bus ride. They're trying to be safe. Coach K, we're doing everything we can to be as safe as we can, but it doesn't mean that we should shut down the sport, and the problem that bothers me, the problem that bothers me on the entire discourse about the conversation about shutting down college basketball, it doesn't even make sense, okay? If you want to argue there's too much travel, there's too much this, there's too much that, well, first of all, we're going to regional games, we're going to conference play here in a couple weeks, but also, I also think that we have to look at the bigger picture, the broader picture. One, you guys know where I stand on shutting the world down for the sake of shutting the world down. I don't believe we should do it, and I don't believe we should punish these players who want to play. Now, I heard Jay Billis say, uh, you know, on, on ESPN the other night, and Jay Billis is a really smart guy. This isn't a criticism of him, but he basically said, well, if the players were playing in a lightning storm outside, we wouldn't ask them if they wanted to play. We would just pull them off the court. Yeah, Jay Billis, I think a random lightning storm on a Wednesday afternoon is a lot different than a pandemic. And so what frustrates me about this situation is what's really frustrated me about the discourse of this entire conversation dating back to, frankly, last March, April, May. There can be two sides to a conversation. We can say, hey, we have to be careful. We have to keep our players safe. We can be responsible. We can do the things needed to do to play games and we could be responsible without canceling the season. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be if we play the season, we're heathens and barbarians that uh, don't have a consideration for human life. If we do play the season, uh, if we if we don't play the season, then we're looking out for the player's best interest. That's a crock of BS. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because as I've told you for six months, the safest pl- first of all, there's two things. There's the players. If we're worried about the players, if this is what it's about, if it's really about the players, if it's not about Coach K, if it's not about Jay Billis, if it's not about his personal opinion, if it really is about the players, well, two things. First of all, and I've said this since June, the safest place these players can be is on a college campus. Now, it's not going to 100% absolve them of potentially catching the virus. Guess what? Nothing will. Louisville basketball was in a bubble last week. They are currently shut down because of the coronavirus. UConn basketball was in the Mohegan Sun bubble last week. They are currently shut down because of the coronavirus. So there is nowhere a human being can go on planet Earth that is going to keep them 100% safe from the coronavirus. It doesn't exist. That place does not exist. It is not a real place. But the safest place they can be is playing college sports where for the millionth time, they are being monitored by the best doctors, they are being tested every day, they are under constant supervision, and if they do test positive, they are getting the best treatment possible. So if it's really about the players, if it's really about their safety, guess what? Safest place they can be is playing. You send them home, it's the same conversation that I've had over the last five, six months. Guess what? Not playing basketball doesn't mean that you're not going to be exposed to the virus. As a matter of fact, it's less safe because now you're living with mom and dad. You're living with grandma and grandpa. Grandpa's living up in the attic. Grandma's living in the basement. Maybe you have a brother or sister with an immune problem. The safest place these guys can be is with their teams. And not playing basketball doesn't mean that you will not catch the virus. Secondly, and I think this is the most important part that I haven't heard anybody talk about, there's been a buzzword in sports, in college sports and professional sports, really over the last, I think, probably two or three years that everybody loves to throw out. Mental health. And to be abundantly clear, I want to make this explicitly clear. Mental health is a real thing. Mental health well-being is a real thing, and I take that very seriously. My wife is a mental health expert. My sister-in-law is a mental works in the mental health space. My wife does. My sister does. No one understands the importance of mental health more than I do. My wife, my, my, my sister-in-law, my sister, they can't tell me everything that goes on in their job, but I can see the weight of what they do every time they walk in the door. And so I understand the value and the importance of mental health. Well, guess what? If you really care about mental health the way that you say you do, because that's the buzzword. Everyone says they care about mental health. Well, guess what? The best thing you can do for these players' mental health is to let them play. And I know what some people say, oh, the start and stop nature of the season, it's unfair to these players. I agree. I wish we never had to cancel a game. I wish Baylor didn't fly all the way to Indianapolis to have the game called off against Gonzaga 10 minutes before tip-off. But you know what's even worse than that? Having no basketball at all. And this is the part that I don't hear anybody talk about, and it's so frustrating because all these losers on Twitter talk about, oh, mental health this, mental health that. Well, yeah, it's really important. But you know when it's really important? At a time like now, when these players have nothing else. And I heard Dana Altman, the head coach at Oregon, say this, and I give him so much credit because he's the only one that said it. He was asked about transfers and sit-outs, and he said, I think every player should get a waiver this year because the mental health of these guys is at an all-time low. All they have is basketball right now. And so when you're talking about postponing the season, you have to put yourself in the player's shoes. These guys literally have nothing else besides basketball right now. They're on an empty campus. Most campuses are closed at this point of the year. They can't go to bars. They can't go to parties. They can't hang out even with their own teammates. You guys listen to this podcast. I had on Eric Musselman in the fall. I had on Rick Barnes in the fall. They talked about, Rick Barnes talked about the best place in the world is our locker room and our guys can't hang out there now our doctors won't let them so what's happening is these players are going home many of them to their own apartments they're not allowed to socialize with their friends they're not allowed to socialize on campus and all they have the only time that they get to feel normal for two minutes for two hours a day is when they play basketball when they go on the road many of them have their own hotel rooms i thought it was interesting mark few when he's talking about all gonzaga's protocols he said for the first time ever our players are getting their own hotel rooms because we don't want them staying together and spreading the virus potentially amongst each other um you know you you look at other circumstances how about this the Mohegan Sun bubble a few months ago, a few weeks ago, Jay Wright was saying that once they got into the bubble, if the players or coaches wanted to leave their room, they had to call security and have a security guard come in and personally escort them. They were not allowed to leave their room once they went back. I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's this or it's that or it's prison or it's this, but It sucks. And all they have is basketball. And so if we're talking about postponing the season and we're talking about really caring about players' mental health, then what you're really saying is you don't care about the players' mental health because all they have is basketball going forward. And to be abundantly clear for the last time, I am not saying that we can't be cautious. I am not saying that I love the fact that I don't love the fact that Kentucky took a bus to play Georgia Tech. Kentucky's being as cautious as they can be Players are wearing monitors everywhere they go to make sure they're not within close contact of anybody else. I love the fact that Gonzaga is going above and beyond: two buses to the arena, two planes when they fly out, uh, everybody getting their hotel room. But at some point, if you care about the players' physical health, if you care about their parents, their brothers, their sisters' mental uh, physical health, and you care about the players' mental health, you gotta let them play. So Dickie V, quiet down, Jay Billis. You talk to these coaches, have some perspective, share both sides. Stop sharing one side, stop sharing your own opinion, look at both sides of this, and I'm sorry that I'm yelling, but I'm so fired up because I can't believe that six months into this thing, nine months into this thing, we're having the same conversations. We can be responsible, we can worry about players' health, we can do everything we can to keep them safe, but it doesn't mean we have to shut down the world. We have to move forward. We have to move forward as a sport. We have to move forward as a society, and it just drives me ballistic that you have somebody like Coach K with the platform that he does trying to bring down the whole sport with him. Coach K, you don't want to coach, that's fine. I respect your opinion, but respect everybody else's. People want to play, the kids want to play, coaches want to coach, and if you don't want to be part of this, that's fine, but don't bring everybody else down with you. Oh my goodness. Guys, I hope you understand, this is why you listen to this show, you will never get more real, raw honesty from anybody than what you just heard right there, and I am so proud of this show, and I'm so proud of how this evolved, and I know all of you don't agree with me, but I really do hope I make you think, because these conversations are so dumb and so one-sided, and you better believe, if I was on the call with Coach K, I would ask him the question. Are you not worried about the player's mental health? Are you not worried about the player's physical health? Because these conversations have become so one-sided and you need to hear both sides. And I really hope that even if you disagree with me, and again, for the thousandth time, it's not to say that we're not all taking this virus seriously. It's not all to say that we shouldn't respect others, but we can't shut down this world. We can't shut down college basketball. And for the final time, Coach K, if you don't want to coach, sit this one out, dude. Sit this one out, come back next year. We'll be good, you'll be good, everything will be fine. All right, let's talk a little college football. Um, Nothing, so I I know I feel like I've said this the last three, four, five weekends, another really, really, really quiet weekend of college football, and it was fun at the beginning, and and frankly, I, I thought this college football season was great. First of all, it's a lot of the same stuff I just talked about with college basketball, where the players... Um, have gone above and beyond. They've done well. They've done everything they can. They're happy to be playing. Um, And what's been fun kind of about this college football season is it's been so staggered where the ACC and Big 12 start. Then when you kind of have that figured out, the SEC starts, you get excited about that. Two or three weeks later, the Big 10 starts. Then you have the Pac-12. But it is basically a pretty quiet weekend across college football. Uh, As I mentioned off the top, Number two team in the country, Notre Dame's out, not playing. Number three team in the country, Clemson's not playing. Ohio State at number four, Uh, Michigan. I don't know. I got Michigan. Texas A&M at number five is not playing. Uh, Iowa State at number seven is not playing and Cincinnati at number eight is not playing. So we're essentially talking about of the top ten teams, I believe I just listed six, and the ones that are Georgia, sorry, you're not a top ten team, don't care. Uh, Alabama is playing, of course. They're playing Arkansas in their regular season finale. Uh, But we're going to talk about Florida, LSU, which is the biggest game in a minute. But really quickly, I just want to put a bow on a story that we've talked about really at length on this podcast, and that is the Ohio State Big Ten debacle. And for people, I I don't know how you possibly could not know this story at this time, but when the Big Ten decided to come back, the way that the schedule was set up was that the teams would play eight regular season games. On the final weekend of the season, we would crown a Big Ten champion. We'd play the regular Big Ten championship game on December 19th, and of course, everybody else would also play a game on that final weekend. Of course, the Big Ten, being the Big Ten, wanting to prove that they're so much smarter than everybody else, they put in this weird, obscure rule that nobody thought of at the time, that every team in the conference had to play 10 or excuse me, had to play six regular season games out of eight to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. And of course, because the Big Ten was so much smarter than everybody, well, they had daily testing and it wasn't going to be an issue and it was going to be no problem and bloody 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 blah. Well, guess what? Ohio State, about a month ago, game against Maryland got canceled. Then two weeks ago, they're supposed to play Illinois. They have positive tests. That game gets canceled. And now we found out, as I discussed on Wednesday's show, Michigan has COVID positives in their building, and the game against Michigan has been canceled. And guess how many regular season games that leaves Ohio State? Five! And guess what that means? By technicality, they did not qualify for the Big Ten Championship game. And it's been a story for the last two or three weeks. I think I've been one of the people nationally that's probably been ahead of this more than anybody, but it's been a big story of, is the Big Ten actually going to 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 make a are they gonna change a rule that they put into place to get Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game? Will they change the rule that says you have to play six regular season games to qualify for the Big Ten championship? And it's been a story and it's been a story and is it fair? Is it unfair? What does it mean for the playoff? Well, on Wednesday we finally got official word. The Big Ten is going to change the rule to allow Big Ten to allow Ohio State into the conference championship game. And I really don't want to spend all that much time on this. I don't think it's that important. I don't think it's that. I don't think there's anything new to break. But it was this, like, pseudo-edgy topic on Twitter of, like, uh, you, uh, look at the Big Ten change the rules for Ohio State. And, like, I get it. I think it's kind of BS, too but I also think it was the right decision. There's probably a few reasons why. So I am not mad at the Big Ten for making the decision to change the, the the rule that they put into place and allow Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game. First reason, it was just a really stupid rule to begin with. And it goes back to what I said, but when the Big Ten from day one, from mid-July, has been trying to prove to the world how much smarter they are than everybody, and literally every decision they've made has blown up in their face. They tried to canceled the season and thought everybody else was going to follow suit. Uh yeah, that didn't work. And not only did it not work, but everybody else proved that you could safely play college football. Uh when they came back, they decided we're not going to come back when we should. We're going to come back on October 24th or whatever it was, and we're going to play 9 straight weeks of football. But see, we came up with this thing called daily testing. And so because we have daily testing, there's never going to be a problem. We're never going to have a positive. We're never going to have to cancel a game. Oh yeah, not sure if you paid attention. Ohio Ohio State's had to cancel three. Uh, Minnesota had to cancel last week. Michigan had to cancel. Uh, basically, everybody in your league. I Indiana and Purdue. The old Oaken Bucket will not be played this year because Indiana and Purdue had to cancel. I don't know if there's one team in the Big Ten that has actually played every game that was scheduled. That would be an interesting thing to look up. Nebraska, which hasn't even had any problems, uh, they've had to deal with other people's issues. So uh, I have no fundamental issue with Ohio State being allowed to be in uh, in the Big Ten championship game because it was a dumb rule to begin with. I think secondly... I think if if they had played the Big Ten Championship game without Ohio State, I think there would have been an asterisk. And I know there's a story about Indiana. They're kind of pissed off. They thought they did what they had to do. They played by the rules. They believe they should be there. Well, guess what? Indiana, you played Ohio State. You had your chance. You wanted to be in this Big Ten Championship game? Beat Ohio State. It's that simple. So to me, I can't sit here and be upset because everyone would have known there was an asterisk. If Indiana wins that Big Ten Championship, well, you're not really the Big Ten champ. You lost to Ohio State head to head. How are we going to crown you Big Ten champ when you lost to them head to head and they just couldn't qualify for the game? So that's two. Is that it's just it would have been an asterisk. You can you can nobody would have watched Northwestern Indiana. We would have watched whoever Ohio State was playing that weekend. Three. Let me just say, I thought actually of all people, I've been critical of this guy, but Pete Thamel brought up a good point. Ohio State, even if they had if they had played this weekend they would have met the six-game threshold and been eligible to play in the Big Ten Championship game, okay? So that's a fact. I've already kind of gone over that. But even if they lost, they've already clinched the division title. They're 4-1. and They're 5-0 and right now. Indiana, I think, is 6-1. and But Ohio State has the tiebreaker. Ohio State beat them head-to-head. So even if Ohio State had played this season, played this weekend, and lost they still would have qualified for the big 10 championship game so it shouldn't matter that their game was canceled and finally like i said it's just it's the right thing to do we all know they were the rightful division winner and i and i am happy that they they were able to get in and i also think by the way they shouldn't be punished that of the 3 games that were canceled two of them were on their opponents it was on michigan that they had too many positives it was on maryland a few weeks ago that there was too many positives we shouldn't punish ohio state for doing things right because they could have gotten 7 of their 8 games in let them play, I have no problem with it. In terms of the bigger picture, the only real issue I would say that I kind of do have a problem with is it does go back to what I talked about a few weeks ago, and I do think it was a bad look for the Big Ten in one sense. Well, it's been a bad look for the Big Ten basically every step of the way over the last six months, but if you remember, I do think that it, it does look poorly on the Big Ten from this perspective. I talked about it a few days ago, but Nebraska early in the season had a game against Wisconsin canceled through no fault of their own and if you remember the Big Ten was basically playing league only games and Nebraska basically was like well we want to play this weekend we don't want to sit out like it's week two we want to play and so sure enough they try to schedule a game the Big Ten immediately shoots them down and Nebraska gets the scorn of of the media scorn of other fan bases how dare Nebraska want to play another game and of course, I had no problem with it because I'm about competition. I'm about wanting to play. I think these kids should play. I think these coaches should coach. So why we coach the? That's why we pay these coaches millions of dollars. That's why we these kids are on scholarship, it's so they can play games. So I never had a problem with it, and I don't have a problem now that Ohio State's in the conference championship game. But that would be my only real beef, is I do think the Big Ten at least owes a uh, owes Nebraska kind of a public apology of Yeah, you know." we scoffed at you when you wanted to change the rules to play, but now we're going to change the rules for Ohio State. But that's really the only thing that I really have on that. No real fundamental issue with Ohio State wanting to play, uh, you know, qualifying for the Big Ten Championship game. They're the best team in the Big Ten East. They beat the second best team, Indiana. They beat the third best team, whoever that is. Everybody in that conference in that division stinks. Uh, They beat Penn State. They beat Rutgers. Like they, They did what they had to do. They are deserving. I have no fundamental issue with it, and I look forward to seeing them play Northwestern next week. I hope that there's no major issues I hope that the games can be played and I'm really looking forward to seeing them and I and I hope they play well and I'm really hoping that they qualify for the 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 college football playoff because I think there'll be a fun matchup for whether it's Notre Dame Clemson or Alabama but that is a long way to be determined but I am happy to see Ohio State in the conference championship game I think it's right I just think what was wrong was how the conference treated Nebraska a few weeks ago all right last little topic uh, before we get out of here uh, how about those Bayou Bengals? And so I, I mentioned that it's kind of a quiet weekend in college football. I, I know I've said it a few times, but no A&M, no Ohio State. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame are off prior to the, big, uh, the ACC championship game next weekend. And what's kind of uh, disappointing about that is that the games that are on the schedule just aren't all that exciting. And the one game that should carry some weight, LSU-Florida, is just a total dud because LSU stinks they're 3 and 5 and they're headed for the worst season basically in any of our lives for a defending national champion um they are 3 and 5 i'm going to assume they're losing to florida this weekend cuz they're a 24 point underdog but they're 3 and 5 they'll probably be 3 and 6 at best finish 4 and 6 and this is the worst this would be the worst finish for a reigning national championship, reigning national championship since national championships 1943 Ohio State in 1943 was the last national champion to finish the following season with a losing record. Don't know if you guys remember that. I'm not too keen on how those 43 Buckeyes were, but apparently they weren't very good. Um, But I do think it brings up a broader question about something that I talked about on this show after LSU won the national championship last year. And that was, is it it, possible? It was two contrasting things that I thought was interesting. Was, we've been waiting for a decade for a second team in the SEC to emerge, to challenge Alabama year in and year out. Could LSU be that team? But then the counter was, was it possible that LSU was a one-year wonder that was not going to last in the big picture? And I think it's been proven, beyond a reasonable doubt, ah yeah, LSU ain't built for the long haul, and as I said, they are coming off uh, one of the worst, they are in the midst, I should say, of one of the worst seasons ever, for a reigning national champion. And it continues to get worse, by the way. The reason I'm bringing up this topic is two things happened at LSU since I last spoke to you. Their best wide receiver, Eric Gilbert, who's one of the highest rated tight ends in the history of high school football, was a freshman at LSU. He quote-unquote opted out of the season as a freshman uh, over the last couple days, but it sounds like he didn't really opt out. It sounds like he's about to transfer, so that's one. And then two, LSU also announced that they will uh, self-impose a postseason bowl ban for this year. Now, many of you are probably asking, how do they even qualify for a bowl game at three and five? Well, remember that bowl game, there will be no record attached to bowl games, so you could literally go 0 and 10, and if a bowl game wants you, you can play in a bowl game this year, but it kind of just proves the point that I was trying to make last January when everybody was, oh, coach-o this and coach-o that, and this is the greatest thing ever, and I said, I love this story. It's one of the greatest stories that I've ever seen in college football. The Coach O revival, the Joe Burrow revival, all of that good stuff. I'm just not sure it's built to last for the long haul. And I thought you could see the foundation cracking even as LSU had the confetti falling on them at the uh, Superdome last year in New Orleans. And let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, You know, first of all, like I should say, right, I always try to tell both sides of the story, defending Coach K two minutes ago in some regards, but not in many others. But in defense of Coach O, like, everyone with a functioning brain knew that LSU was in some way, shape, or form going to take a step back. There was no way that they were not going to take a step back. You have to remember, everything that they lost last year, it wasn't just Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner. They also lost a total of 14 players who were drafted to the NFL Draft. Five of those were first-round picks. In addition, they lost their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who was like the most meteoric superstar I've ever seen in college football. He took the job as the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. And then defensive coordinator Dave Aranda took the head coaching job at Baylor. And so LSU essentially lost everybody from last year's national championship game 14 players were drafted. The offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, takes the uh, Carolina job. The defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda, takes the Baylor job. And then even when the season began, it was just like one thing after the other, after the other. And again, a lot of this isn't Coach O's fault. They had three starters that did return opt out of the season. Jamar Chase, last year's Bolitnikov winner as the best wide receiver in college football, opts out of the season. Two defensive starters opt out of the season. When the season started, Miles Brennan, their starting quarterback, got hurt. He's missed the last six, seven, eight games. Once things got bad, other players opted out. Terrace Marshall, their leading receiver, opted out. Their second leading receiver, Eric Gilbert, as I just said, opted out. But it brings us to where we are today, where LSU is three and five, and in the midst of the worst season ever, and I do think some of this is on Coach O, right? This was a program that was built on culture and accountability, and it just feels like for whatever reason, I don't want to say accountability is lacking, but it just feels like there's something that isn't quite right. Uh, And some of it is on Coach O. You know, first of all, uh, when Dave Aranda did leave, when Joe Brady did leave, um, basically on the offensive side of the ball, he essentially hired from within. Steve Ensminger was basically renamed the offensive coordinator. He had been in that position but was going to take over play calling. And then defensively, talk about a disaster, guy goes ahead and hires Bo Pelini, who has been a cluster you-know-what. And that does fall on the head coach. Um, and I will say, like, even when he hired Bo Pelini, it kind of felt like, well, this would have been cool in, like, 2006, but in 2020? Like, this is what we're going to do? And that's essentially what's happened at LSU, is, is that it's been a complete disaster. Now, Bo Pelini doesn't have a completely stacked deck. They lost a lot. They had a few guys opt out. But LSU is still ranked 115th nationally in total defense. And second to last in the SEC only behind Ole Miss. And at least Ole Miss scores a bunch of points. That's why their defense is so bad. is because they're on the field so much because the offense can't stop scoring. But LSU's defense is just bad. So that's on Coach O. But I think the larger thing, it just feels like there's something that's not right in the facility, right? Um, And I I, I can't claim that I know what's going on. I can't claim I know what's happening. But something just doesn't feel right. And it's been going on really the last four, five, six months. I mean, if you remember in the preseason, uh, Coach O... Um, did like a, a TV hit on Fox News and it became a controversial thing and his players didn't like it. And I'm not saying that Coach O shouldn't be allowed to do what he wants to do in his free time, but it clearly missed a chord with his players. It clearly upset the players and there was clearly division in the locker room at that point. The on-the-field decisions haven't worked with, with Bo Pelini, with some of the decisions um, you know, personnel-wise. And more importantly, it just feels like the culture is gone, man. You know, Joe Burrow, You talk about a guy, uh, never forget, it was literally a year ago this weekend that Joe Burrow was accepting the Heisman Trophy on that Heisman Trophy podium, basically saying, like, I owe my life to Coach O. That's like a father to me. He's bawling, he's crying, and I'm not criticizing him for crying. Sometimes a man's got to cry. I cry sometimes. There's no shame in that. But he's crying, talking about how important Coach O is to him, those players, how much they love him. And for a year later to be one negative thing after the other, after the other players opting out, the best recruit leaving, it just feels weird. And so I don't know what the answer is. And I will say like in Coach O's defense, I think he will figure it out. Um, You lose that much front end talent in your junior and senior classes, whether it's because of um, players leaving for the players graduating, first of all, then leaving for the NFL early, then a couple players opting out. It's going to have a trickle-down effect. He has recruited well. There is plenty of talent in the program, and I do believe that he will be able to figure it out. But what I would also say the counter to that is is that this notion that he was going to build LSU into a program that could annually compete with Alabama at the top of the SEC, which was a conversation, by the way. It was a conversation after LSU won the national championship game. I think that ship has gone ahead and sailed, and I don't think Coach O is that guy Look, I think every two, three, four years, LSU could be in a situation where maybe they can compete for a playoff berth, but right now, the way that I look at them, they're Georgia, they're Florida, they're um, Auburn, I guess. Yeah, everything can align like it did last year, but this isn't a team that's built to beat Bama. Crazy stat, LSU's about to probably finish the season with three, maybe four wins, Uh, Alabama has won five national championships under Nick Saban. They've never finished with less than 10 wins the season after. I know it's a little bit different this year because there aren't 12 games, but like I said, there's something clearly going on in that facility. I don't know if it's Coach O. I don't know if it's his hires. I don't know if he's not vibing with the new coaches. I don't know if there's no leadership with Joe Burrow being out of the building and Patrick Queen in the NFL or whatever, but it's clear this is a different program, and it's definitely heading in the wrong direction. All right, everybody. I think that's it for today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. I uh, didn't know how long I'd go today, and yet somehow I did the typical AT thing where I just talked and talked and talked, and here we are 45 minutes later. So I appreciate you guys listening, and I'll just say, guys, I really appreciate you guys sticking with this podcast through the fall. Um, you know, it's it's a fun time of year, but it is a time of year where um, – you know it's it, you know sports were kind of beat down by college football college basketball hasn't really ramped up yet, so I do appreciate all you guys sticking with me uh, because I know you got a lot of other options and it never goes understated how much I appreciate it as I said at the end of November, I think it was the fifth time in six months that we set a individual downloads record and so I appreciate so much of what you guys do uh, and yeah and so I'm out of here before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody please make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast so you can get new episodes every week so you can hear me yell and scream. And I promise we'll get some guests back, by the way. I know it's been kind of light on guests, but it's just that time of year. It's hard to get people. People in college football are kind of wrapping up the season. People in college basketball are just starting up the season. So it's that kind of weird time of year where it's hard to get people, but I promise we'll get some good guests here over the next couple weeks. But before we get out of here, make sure you're subscribed. iTunes, the podcast Addict app, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead and give us a quick five stars. Uh, Make sure to leave a review on iTunes. really does help us move up those iTunes charts. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. And again, as always, if you're looking for a holiday gift uh, for your loved ones, you can always go to um, always go to Cameo.com, and I can give you guys a personalized message for your loved ones, Cameo.com slash Aaron underscore Torres. And, of course, also, as I said, uh, if you're looking for a special gift outside of Cameo, top of my Twitter page, it is La watches, And if you use the promo code Aaron, you get 10% off. But that is all. Fun show. Different show. Coach K's a lunatic. I'm out on Coach K. We're going to cancel Coach K. We're not canceling college basketball. We're canceling Coach K. But that's it for today's show. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm out of here. Everybody have a good weekend. I'll be back Monday.